Hi, this is Joe Ingram, and I'm the host of the Sales Genius Podcast, where we deep dive into what works and what doesn't in the realm of sales. I have personally spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers, and I'm here to provide you with the cheat sheet to making more deals for more money and ultimately becoming more happy. My mission is simple. I want to help you sell one more deal today and every day going forward. My approach is going to be unique because I believe that the only thing you need to do as a salesperson is provide your prospect with a logical reason to justify their emotional decision. Now, let's go ahead and dig a little deeper into the mind of a sales genius with today's podcast. in with us and all the cool kids. Karen Toddy, first for everybody who's on the call, Karen Toddy's birthday today. Aww. It's Happy Karen. birthday. Happy birthday, Karen. So that's fantastic. We love Karen. Yes. Edna, welcome. First time. Timmy. Hi, Thank you very much. Thanks for the invite. My pleasure. Timmy, I see you. He's a, he's just a plant or something, but <laughs> that is awesome. All right. Shall be made. Look, we hit two o'clock. I'm excited. I'll allow people to come in because uh, Frank is out driving today. As you can tell, he just turned on his camera. So he can't go allow people into the room. So I have to actually pay attention today to do that. So, oh, wow. We just got a bunch of people jumping on. Three, four, five, six. Here they come. They all jumping in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Producer Mike. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say welcome to War Games. And I'm really excited about today's today's event. And the reason I am is because I get to have a friend of mine who I barged into her life because of the quality of the information I got out of a book. Okay, so I want you guys to understand that this is going to be a treat and it's going to be something that's value added. And the reason I know that it's value added, okay, is because I read the book, I followed the exercises, okay. And the reason I'm a friend is because nobody follows the exercises, okay. And so, and I did exactly what it said in the book, I did it. I will tell you that I have closed business because of it to the tune of, over six figures in one deal was a six figure deal for 12 months for my company. And, in, and had I gone and done things, I will say it the wrong way. Okay. I can't tell you I would have got that deal because I had done it the wrong way previously. And when I say that is I met with this company eight months prior and sat down and had a little conversation with them, talked about what I want to do this and that. When I finally got the chance to meet with the CEO and the senior VP is when I had already read this book, which you all need to run out and get, okay? And I'll, I'm going to bend Kimberly's arm to make sure she tells you how to get it. But what you're going to find out today is that there is a different way to do things than what we've been taught and what we have been doing in the past. And so 
is anybody opposed to making more money and selling more stuff? Because now's when you need to get out of the, the class right now, okay? But um, I, I want to stop and I want to introduce to everybody here, Kimberly Slavic, a dear friend of mine. We talk a couple times a week now. Yeah. It, went from, it went from a stranger who read a book, right? And she became the stranger that wrote a book to, hey, how do we, how do we connect more and how do we build off of what we do for a living? And so she is absolutely fantastic. This is going to be more of an interview style, okay, on the way we do this. Because um, if you watch my other video, I have all of these aha moments that I got from this book. Now, mind you, it's on the back too, okay, because that's how I read books. But I, I want to bring some of them up and I want her to expand on them because while I read it and it moved me and it got me to write it down, there's going to be more explanation that's behind it. And you really need to understand the genius of this person. And oh. as we go through, so what, um, has anybody heard that there's people that have sold millions, right? Well, you're dealing with someone who has sold billions with a B. Okay, in the software and the services world. So again, well, she started when she was four. So she had a 30-year run in, in sales, okay, where she clocked billions of dollars in sales. So please do not underestimate who we are dealing with today and the fact that you're going to stop and go, well, I don't know if I agree. And I want everybody just to check everything at the door. Because when it comes to learning something new, we typically put a defense up and say, well, that's not the way I know to do it. But we're all here because why? Because we're here to learn and we want to do better than what we're doing now. Can we all agree on that? Okay. So what I would like to do at this point in time is I would like to flip our attention over. Now, again, guys, two views on Zoom. If you're on your phone, tough. You get one. Okay, Maria. Right. But if you're sitting here and you're on your computer, up at the top says speaker view or gallery view. So if there's gallery view, you'll see all of us that are on here. Speaker view is only going to be me. And you're like, there's only Joe. No, there's like 20 of you here, another 20 something on Facebook. So um, I, want, I want to turn it over right now. And I'd like to say, Kimberly Slavic, welcome. And everybody do your little hand. Yeah. There you go. Well, I don't. I want to what get did right I miss in the intro? No, nothing. I, I usually blow off the intro because what the, everyone's here they, is to find out what they're going to get out of this. So I just want to jump right in and tell you what you're going to get out of this. I'm going to try and do a very high level overview of a workshop that most companies pay me $15,000 a day to do this, these workshops, at the, but we only have 40 minutes. So at the minimum, what you guys are going to walk away from today is you should be able to really revise your resume to be extremely powerful. So I don't know if you're out of work right now. There's a lot of people out of work. I guarantee this is going to help you get a job. And if you're already in a job and you want a better position, this will help you get a better position. So I want everyone here to know that this is a valuable investment of your time because I want you to walk away with something at the end of this. And then the other thing that I think at a bare minimum you'll get is if anyone here is in sales and you do any kind of correspondence, whether it's social media or emails or any kind of prospecting at all, 
I hope it will open your eyes on how you can go and revise it and make it much more powerful. Everything you're gonna learn today is about a chemical reaction in your brain. And the objective is to get your audience to release serotonin and dopamine, which makes them bond with you instantly. It makes you very attractive to them. They don't know it's happening. They just know that they have these good feelings and they're associating those feelings with you. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. And then I also wanted to point out, and so nobody's going and buying that book that Joe has. Joe was one of my first readers. This That book he held up came out in February of 2019. I did it fast, so they couldn't read it all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in four months, that book became obsolete because I had so many reader success stories that I, I, I wanted to put their stories in the book. So the book is now much thicker. So it's not just about me anymore. It's about the readers and it's called sales and marketing. So be sure you look for the one with two people on the cover. If you want to, if you want to get the book, I'm not here to pitch a book though. No. And I, and I immediately bought the real estate book for my brother and gave it to him. Can we get both books? With that one. Huh? Can we get both books then? Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They're both online. There's actually, you know, five books. Oh. Um, so as I was, as I was working with people, there were two industries that really stood out as being very impacted by this Visnostics. Visnostics stands for Visualization Diagnostics. And there is so much power in visualizations, which we tend to put too many letters and words in every bit of our correspondence instead of the appropriate graphics. And that's one of the component, one of many components of Visnostics. I'm also going to teach you something that will contradict probably every sales training course that you've ever had. Questions are not good. You can't avoid them. You're going to have questions. But when you find yourself writing a question, if you can go in there and try and modify it to be a statement, it creates a completely different chemical reaction. And let me prove that to you. How many of you guys got your senses the last couple months? When you got it, were you like, whoa, I'm so excited. I get, to, I get to answer all these questions. No, right? We did it because it was the law. We have to do it. Some people are still not doing it. I and still it, think it'd be better to wait till after the COVID thing because there may be less people. Oh, Joe. <laughs> so, and you can think of other scenarios, like the old days when the malls were a big deal. You'd walk through the mall and people would have a clipboard going, excuse me, excuse me, do you have time for a survey? No, you don't. Or if you had a really good support experience, what do they always say? Can you, can you spend a few minutes at the end and answer a few questions? I mean, it really helps them in their career. And most of the time, you know, we feel guilty, you know, guilted into doing it, but we don't want to do it. So questions are not, it, it triggers what's called the fight or flight instinct in us. And if you do a statement and you use the power threes, which Joe's going to guide us through today, um, you'll have a completely different response from your audience. So Joe, I think you have a bunch of questions for me, right? I do. Okay. <laughs> and so one of the things that I, when I was reading the book and going through, um, what I love about the book, even though the rest of you can't get this book because mine's limited edition. Okay. Is the fact that if you flip through now, that's a forward, someone else wrote it, but if you look, what is that? A sketch right? Turn the page. There's a sketch, right? Turn a couple more pages. There's a sketch. Can you explain? Because I already know I read the book, 
but can you walk us through why it is we have visuals actually on, I, literally almost every page has a picture on it in the book. Mm -hmm. And then how would you implement that into what you're doing when you're going to go sell somebody something? Okay. So one of the exercises in the book is what I call the money exercise. And I want y'all to do this when we're done with today's session. Just go find someone, your spouse, your kid, whoever, and say exactly these words. The way you say things is very important to get this neuroscience to be activated, to get the chemicals react, to engage. So tell them you're going to say a word and you want them and watch their eyes. You want them to tell you the very first visual that pops into their head. And what's cool right now is all of y'all are looking at the screen and it's recording. I'm going to do that with y'all. And I want y'all to go back later and look at everyone's eyes. Watch what, watch what happens. Okay. You ready? I'm going to say a word and whoever wants to just shout out stuff, you can tell me the first thing that pops into your head. What's the first thing you see when you hear this word? You ready? Ready. Money. Green. Same. Freedom. Tool. Bank. A whole room full of cash. Pits. You don't want to know what I'm doing with it. But... Yeah, just dollar bills. Yeah. Just see a picture of it. But and did you hear all the different things everyone said? That's a word we use every day. You would think that we would have the same visual, but we don't. Some people see colors. Some people see, you know, the stack of cash or the dollar signs. I've seen, I've heard everything you can imagine from ex-wives to alimony checks to mortgage payments, <laughs> you know, and some, some people don't even see anything. They feel something. I, I was doing a workshop and a woman just started breaking down crying in the, I mean, as soon as she heard the word, it triggered emotion. I've had some people say it's evil. I've had other people say it's, you know, freedom. It affects us differently because of where we were when. And because of that, when you're presenting or you're trying to sell something or communicating, it doesn't even have to be a sales or marketing. In your mind, you know what you're trying to communicate. But your clients have a different world than you do. And so they're going to see and interpret and translate your words into something that they can relate to. And that's a dangerous thing in selling. So in my book, you'll see a lot of graphics. And the reason the graphics are in there is to clarify the message. And also when you see the graphics again, it will trigger the message that was in the book so that you'll retain it. And as you're wanting to research and reference it, when you're flipping through, you'll just look for the graphic and you'll know where that section was that you're searching for. And we need to do that more in our messaging, whether it's an email, um, more people are sending videos in their prospecting instead of words to make sure that those visuals are part of the messaging. So all of that's where we're going. Fantastic. Um, again, for everybody who's on Facebook, I would love to answer you, but uh, Google Chrome and Zoom aren't talking right now and it disabled my ability to type, right? Even into the chat here. So rather than screw it up, right? Because we're actually made it this time. Zuckerberg doesn't know I'm broadcasting yet, but uh, we're going to be good. So uh, Kimberly, I want to know this, what I'm looking for when I, I sit down. And again, you guys are set up for all of us to have a, the goal of coming out of here with actionable 
steps that we can use so that we can actually sell something later today or tomorrow, which is fantastic when you stop and realize somebody who's with this kind of knowledge is willing to, to dump into you. What would you say to me, Kimberly, when I say that the reason people buy is because, and then you fill in the blank. Results. What are they going to get out of it? And that leads us to the very, if you don't remember anything about today, this one tip can change your life. I want you to envision a giant green dollar sign, a red clock, and then a toolbox. Today, we have got so much information being blasted at us in the wrong order. So most people will tell the toolbox and then kind of as a side note, get into the dollar sign and the clock. But if you remember the dollar sign, the clock and the toolbox, that is your formula for incredible sales success. The dollar sign represents results. The timeline is how quickly did you get the results? Saving a million dollars in a month is very different than saving a million dollars over 30 years. And then all the other stuff you're dying to talk about, your features, your functions, and what you do is the toolbox. That's the how. But we tend to put the how first. And that's why Simon Sinek wrote the book, Start With Why. But I, And I've read his book. I've gone through all the, um, the leadership and the team building with various leaders that I worked with. And they kept missing the boat on it. The start with why is why do they care? Why does someone want to hire you? Why is it that you hit quota is important to the person that's hiring you? It's because of what's in it for them. So they want to know the results that you got. They want to know how quickly you got those results. And then you can talk about anything else that you, you're already programmed to talk about, which is how you did it. Does that make sense so far? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, one of the things that I found most intriguing, because it's it, it went right along with my philosophy of the fact that if you can keep things more simple, you can actually move ahead much faster. And one of the things you had brought up was that vendor speak needs to be translated to customer speak or to the client speak, what they say versus what we say. And, but one of the things that really hit me, and again, one of the best sentences in the whole book, right, was remove the burden of translation. Can you expand on that a little bit more for everybody and understand why, what, how do you remove the burden of translation? What does that, what does that mean? Where does it come from? How many of you guys do presentations right now? Does anyone do a presentation in your job? Okay. I see one hand up. Um, was it Brian? Because I'm Brian one Mike does. Mike. Yeah. Jaime does. There you go. You okay. better. So Karen does. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We got people. Okay, good. So in your presentation, what are your first few slides? What's your for, first For slide? me, I'll jump, I'll jump in here. I, I'm not doing a presentation. I'm in the, the car business with Joe and, and I'm not actively on the front line doing presentations, but our presentation would come from like an automobile walk around. So rather than a slide, you have a, a process. Okay, I'm starting at the front, then I'm moving to this side, then I'm moving to this side, then I'm moving to the back, then the other side, kidnap the customer and go on a test drive. So it's it's more of the process than the the traditional kind of slide as you're talking about. But since no one else was speaking up, that's the answer you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But now the good part is too, Mike, is that she actually has one of her books that's dedicated to it's the Biznostics for automotive sales. Perfect. So it's how to incorporate this into, I'm not trying to sell books guys. I'm just saying when you, I'm just telling you that there's other avenues than um, doing what I do, which is, you know, blow up Kimberly's email. Hey, what's good is good, man. What works right. works. It just, you, you have to remove the burden of translation. Was that what you said? Across yes. multiple uh, fields, apparently too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Mike, I'm really glad you brought yours up because I'm going to show y'all something. I don't know if y'all can see this. This is the automotive book. And do y'all see that car right there? Can y'all see what that is? Cobra. Okay. That's, that's my, a car that I bought. The ad, the, the, the ad says this, 1966 AC Shelby Cobra hybrid, air conditioning was added to it, 1.1,000 miles, Larry Lingfelder built 390 cubic inch FE block Tremec five speed, flawless pearl blue and white stripes, black leather embroidered seats imported from Italy, Boyd Coddington wheels, ceramic coated headers and pipes, chrome Alden shocks, complete engine dress kit. I didn't know what half that was. That probably didn't say anything to other than me and Joe. I was no, excited. I, I was like, yeah. Me too, me right. too. Yeah. I was really concerned it said hybrid. Okay. Oh, yeah. because yeah. it's part replica and part original. That's what the hybrid is. So there's nice. some original parts on it. So um, when I read that, I had to translate it. And here's what I translated. All my bathrooms in my house had auto traders in them when they were all dog-eared. And I saw these old cars and I envisioned them being up on blocks and the HOA freaking out. I knew my husband was in the market and it may or may not ever get refurbished. And so I went looking for a car that we, my husband wasn't going to be spending his weekends messing with that we could spend the weekends enjoying. Okay, so I translated all this junk that meant nothing to me into how I was going to use it. So as I go through this process, and, and that, by the way, that guy forced me to translate that. He could have painted a better picture. So here's what I did. I rewrote it, and I've got a picture of my son and his girlfriend in the car, young, beautiful people, right? Not old people like me. This is how I would have sold the, the car. You're feeling like a celebrity on this gorgeous 70 degree day, wind in your hair, people honking, waving, smiling, and taking pictures. You feel sexy, sassy, and free of any worries. Your adrenaline is flowing from the power of the, of the 66 AC Shelby Cobra you're driving. Life just doesn't get any better than this. Can you say this today? Do you wish you could say this today, or is it even important to you? If you wish you could say this today, call me at blah, 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 blah. So painting a picture of how they're going to use it. In this book, when I researched, I, I reached out to all my friends and said, what's your favorite thing about your car? Nobody said the V8 engine, the four-wheel drive. You know, they didn't say all those features and functions the way car salesmen sell. They said, I have never had a problem getting up on the freeway and merging into traffic. Or I've taken, I've had no problem getting up icy embankments in the car. So they talk about how they actually use the car, not the features. And that's that's the whole point of Viznostics is stop talking about what you do, stop talking about what it does, stop talking features and functions, and help translate that into how their life is gonna be better 
because of it. And you will sell so much more. It sounds so logical, but it's so hard to do. And I'm going to show you some examples of that as we get further into this discussion. Fantastic. So, um, you know me, I love big words and I love to sound like I'm, I'm smarter than, than the average bear. But when you look at this and you say, um, one of the words you use, and I think you've said it already once, is the neuroscience. Okay. And the neuroscience itself, what I, what I, what I love the most when I, when I was reading about it is that it, only, it, it benefits more than sales when you understand the neuroscience. Can you, can you give me something on that as far as where is it you can take this neuroscience background that you put together? Yes. So without putting everyone in a coma, I first <laughs> want to say I am not I'm a neuroscientist. <laughs> I'm not a neuroscientist, but I did work with a lot of neuroscientists to make sure that the principles of what I was doing was, was scientifically sound. And so one of the things that I was privy to were some pictures of brains, MRIs and, or, you know, those colored pictures where you can see different areas of the brain being stimulated. And that's where I saw here was a brain that was being asked questions and it was shutting down. Here's a brain that was being challenged to describe things, to envision things. And it was lit up like a Christmas tree. There's things that... Uh, the fight or flight gets engaged. And that's probably the number one problem that we have as salespeople. A car, Mike, I'm going to keep using the car analogy because I think we can all relate to this as either a buyer or seller. You're looking for a car. You think you know, you've done your research. You kind of have in your mind. And this person comes walking up going, hey, how are you doing? Can I help you? And you're, you're like, no, I'm just looking, right? Go away. Ever used the word help in an intro at a car sales lot? Yes. <laughs> But they do, but they do, yes. So what do you say, Mike? For me, I, again, I'm not on the front line. I do digital marketing behind the scenes now. But for me, I simply walked up and said, hi, welcome to the dealership. My name's Mike. So uh, I assume you're on a fact-finding mission today. Okay. And, and uh, you, you know, that that's one avenue. I, it, it depends a lot on the person, Kimberly, on, uh, you know, when I was greeting someone, you, you can tell a lot by watching their body language, how they're approaching the lot. I mean, that's a unique deal. If anyone here hasn't ever worked on a, on a car lot, there's a, there is a difference between greeting someone at their door and helping them out of the car and giving them an opportunity to, to approach you. And so, you know, the, the most common line, uh, just generic, I would just ask them, Hey, what specifically brings you into the dealership today and let them talk. Because they could be there for sales, they could be there for service, they could have looked at a car online that, hey, we're here to look at this. But the the line, what specifically brings you into the dealership today, allows them to be in a place that's in their head, instead of me putting my perception onto them of, hey, how can I help you? They, they automatically assume, plus, in my opinion, the background psychology of help, it's an often betrayed word right now in society. If I ask, how can I help you? They ask me a question and I can't answer it. I can't provide help. And I've just betrayed their trust right at the beginning. Mm -hmm. There's more though, that what you said that can be, it, 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 I'll get to that in just a second. You said a couple Isn't it easier to just say, hi, are you here to buy today? So that way I don't waste my time with people. You're, that you're not shopping to today, are you? Right, right. Does, any, does anyone else have a different approach? Anyone else in car sales have a different approach you want to share? Hi, me. I always, I always used to say, is there, is there anything I can show you today that or answer any questions? 
Mm-hmm. Any questions you have that I can answer because most people don't even want to give you an answer. But you, you know, and then if they did say, "I'm just looking," well, I'm just looking to show you something today. What, which one do you want me to get the keys for? Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I can tell you one of the the fun ones that I did. You, you know, we always back back in the old school, you know, '80s, '90s, it came along. You you would get with some trainers that the opening line was supposed to be, "Are you here for the big sale?" <laughs> and I will tell you, I know, right, Joe? Right. I, believe me, I had a trainer that taught us that. And I always thought it was the cheesiest thing. One of the best opening lines I had, Kimberly, I went out, it was two, uh, two women, a, a lady and her, her daughter. And I said, hey, are you, are you guys here? Did you hear about our big sale? And they looked at each other and they said, we didn't even know you were having a sale. And I said, perfect. I've been looking for someone to pay full price for a car all day. What are you shopping for? And it actually worked out really well because of the sarcasm and the humor behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I it, usually walk up to somebody and I'll stop and I'll, when they come in, I'll go, hey, what did you see? Which vehicle did you see online that you now want to see in person? Because yeah. I already understand that 93% of all people have researched the, the vehicle online and now they're coming in for that. Let me go touch, see, and what have you. Mm-hmm. But that's not Viznostic selling. Right. Yeah, I'm waiting for what hey, she, she opened Pandora's box here. She got a bunch of car guys talking about That's cars. Right. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for what your answer is now, Kimberly. Thank you so, for exploring that with me. No, I love this. And, and, and what you all just described is exactly what people do. And that's what we're programmed to do. And as buyers, we're expecting you to do that is to come ask us a question and initiate something. What we want to do it. Remember, I said at the beginning that we don't, our brains don't like questions. It triggers a fight or flight instinct. It puts the walls up. So all those questions that all of y'all said you ask a question, I don't know if you realize that or not, but try to restate it as a statement instead of a question. It has a completely different chemical reaction in the brain. It will disengage, especially if you can trigger a visualization. Like if you see someone really looking at a car, walk up and say something like, describe to me how you see yourself in this car and watch what happens. Or if it's somebody cold and there's nothing going on at all, instead of going up and saying, hey, my name's Mike, because they didn't ask you who you were. They didn't come up to you. You came up to them. And when you do that, it, it's a subconscious thing that you're sending a message. This is about you. You want to sell something. And they're, they're guarded and the walls are up. So how can you approach someone without saying your name and without asking a question? Like, what's your name? What if you walked up and said, hi, tell me your story. All of a sudden they're, they're caught off guard because that was not what they were expecting from you. And now you force them to visualize what's my story. And you'll be shocked at how they will talk. And the fight or flight was never engaged. Maybe when they saw you approaching because they expected that that was what was going to happen. But when you throw them off, it turns it off. It turns it off immediately. It's try it. It's like magic when you see it happen. So I think would be the approach. I'm in real estate. So our, our process is a lot longer than so our introduction get to know process sometimes it's much more exaggerated for lack of a better word um and I, I and just before i forget i really would love for you to go back and expound on how you rewrote that car ad because for us when we write our listing ads 
they always tell you, you're not selling the house, you're selling the neighborhood, you're selling a feeling, you're selling emotions. So I would love to hear more about that to help write better listing ads for homes. So I didn't I, even oh. pay her to say that, Kimberly. I just want to point that out. That's you know, real estate scary. is my baby. That's Remax is one of my biggest clients. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been, and I've been on a speaker circuit with them. All that's died because of the, you know, the COVID stuff. But I'm come to my company and do it with Exit Realty. So just saying. Oh well, maybe maybe we'll talk later. Yes, absolutely. Who else on, on the call is in real estate? Anybody? Um, Johnny Richardson. Johnny Richardson, you know it. And so is my brother. He's on here, but he's listening as opposed to because he's driving. But okay. yeah, I know he is as well. Okay, so one of my favorite stories in all my books is I had the most amazing real estate agent um, 20 years ago. She did not ask me what our budget was. She didn't ask me how big of a house we wanted. She didn't ask me about location. She didn't ask me any of the questions most real estate agents ask. Here's what she did. She said, describe to me how you envision living in your dream home. Did you notice it wasn't a question? And when she did that, I just, I re, I remember being so flooded with emotion because we had just had friends where they lost all their children in a fire because the bedrooms were upstairs, the children were upstairs and the parents couldn't get to them and, and they perished. And so they had been on this big campaign, do not get a house with a master downstairs, make sure all the bedrooms are together because they could have, they all would have survived had they been upstairs. So that's the first thing that popped into my head when she said, describe to me your, the way you want to live in. So the first thing out of my mouth was all the bedrooms have to be upstairs. And then I started, I could see what I wanted, a spiraling staircase, a pool, a balcony off the master. I mean, I just started going nuts on telling her what I wanted. The next day she took us to the house we're in today, 20 years later, this was August, 2000, the first house she showed us. And it, when we drove up, my husband didn't want to get out of the car. It looked like a haunted house. It was a Georgian style. It had rose bushes. It was, if you saw the elevation, it, you would, we would have never seen it. We would have never looked at it. It was awful. It was run down. It was abandoned. It was empty. Oh, it was awful. But when I walked through, I didn't see, and oh, and you know, in this was 2000. So remember in the nineties when everything was decorated with gray and burgundy? I mean, they had upholstery on the wall, burgundy upholstery, the carpet was gray, the grout was gray, the counters were gray. I mean, it was the Prozac house is what we called it. And my husband was like, this is awful. No, 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 no. But we walked through it and I was like, there's your office. There's my office. She had already pulled my vision out. So when I walked through, I didn't see the ugliness. I saw how we were going to live in this house. And it's still 20 years later, our dream home. It's been the perfect home for us. And as a, that's a buyer perspective. Now as a seller, I've sent her over 30 leads over the last 20 years, because when we sell this house, that's who we want selling the house. Cause I don't want a hundred people coming through the house. She sold our, the first house because she listened to me. She got the right information and matched everything I wanted perfectly, even though the house was ugly. And that's the magic of Viznostics. So if you're talking to a buyer, this is important if you can remember this, it will change your income. It will double your income. If you will do these two things, do not ask questions. Do not sell features and functions, which is bedroom square foot. Oh, by the way, this house was $200,000 more than we thought we could afford. We would have never looked at this house 
if she had asked us, she would have never shown us the house if she had asked us the budget. So she got a bigger sale because she didn't ask them about the budget. So if it's a buyer, do what she did. Don't ask a question. Say, describe to me how you envision living in your dream home. And it will trigger and just write it down, record it, whatever you need to do to get that data. If it's a seller, when you're about to post the description, because you've got limited characters, don't talk about the jetted bathtub. Don't talk about the, the you know, tropical resort. Don't talk about the square footage. That's not why people buy the house. So what you, what you say to them is, describe to me your favorite memories in this house. And take those memories and write about it. And let me tell you a success story. This was my first Remax effort. Caldwell Banker had a listing for six months and they didn't have, they had a handful of showings, no offers, no sell. And so when the contract was up, they gave it to Remax. And they were, this, this agent was very nervous because the house was ugly. It was a very awful elevation. So the typical ad with a picture of the house was going to repel people. People will make a decision not to buy based on square footage, price, elevation, all the stuff you put out there, right? All the stuff MLS forces you to put out there. People are eliminating options. So here's what we did. We put one of those houses that it's like a cartoon drawing that says coming soon. And she put an ad out that said, at the end of the day, I'm butchering this, by the way, I'm doing, I'm paraphrasing what it actually said. When you, when I come home, I go straight to the boat dock and take a zip around the, the lake and decompress. And when I come in to my warm and inviting home, I'm a new person and ready to enjoy my family time by the fireplace. And then there's a perfect place there for a Christmas tree, but most of our best memories are when we're making s'mores in that fireplace. And the kitchen island is so big that while the kids are eating breakfast, we can be preparing the lunch and talk about the day. And so we, we wrote like a story about someone living in the house. And, by the, and at the very end, it said, if you wish you could say these things today, come to our open house on Saturday, you know, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, we do expect this to sell on the first day. So you're, you're already planting those seeds. This is good. This is going to move fast. You've got that urgency in the end. So you've drawn them in emotionally. Then you give them the details about the square footage if you want to, but you don't have to. So this real estate agent pulled up 15 minutes before the open house. There was a line. They had three offers and she sold it for 30,000 over list that day. And she got three new listings because people were selling their homes. People that were buying were selling their homes and they wanted her to list their house the way she listed that one. Now I have a question for you. So um, you had mentioned a few minutes ago as far as not asking questions and describe to me uh, what you envision living in your dream home. Now, so let's say like out here in Vegas, you have somebody with a beer budget and champagne taste and they envision the $400,000 single family home and you get there and you show it to them they're like, oh, well, you didn't ask me, so I am pre-approved for 200 So th there is a kind of a line there to where you got to kind of ask some questions or 
or what is your tool? So we were, I, mean, I can go by my experience, we had been pre-approved. So we didn't think we would be able to afford this house. But when we went back to our, our loan officer, we got the loan. So not always what they say you're approved for is what you're approved for. Because we went to them and said, hey, this is the amount that we that want. you wanted. Yes. And they approved us for that amount. We had no idea we could have afforded this house. More. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that does happen. No, absolutely. There's a, there's a show on HGTV called Property Brothers. And he, yeah, they, those what? guys suck. <laughs> no, I'm joking. There are no I'm, Johnny Richardson. No. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> one of my best friends bought one of their homes. They're pretty cool guys. Well, they take you to this million dollar mansion and make you drool. And then they take you to the thing you can afford, right? But you, you want, if you want to maximize your, your opportunity, show them what they can't afford and then they will get into what they can afford. If that makes sense. Yeah. 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 We use that strategy without a doubt. Yeah. Well, and, a, and a lot of times too, guys, when I, I see this in the automotive space, I see it in almost every place. The first place somebody goes to determine whether or not they can afford something is not the bank. It's not the people that are out there saying, oh, you know what I'm, I'm doing? I'm, I'm going to go here. They go to Google and they type in payment calculator for a house or for something. And they don't play with the interest rate. They don't play with the term. They don't play with anything because they just fill out the little bubbles that are there, not realizing there's arrows to change it. Mm-hmm. And so they'll turn around and come back and look for a home with a certain budget where, and then you in turn go back to the lender and they're like, well, you can afford this. And they're like, dang, now I start my whole search over again. So back to something Joe said earlier about the translation, our job and part of the Viznostics training is to do the translation for your clients. That's what, that's what my real estate agent did to me when she said, describe to me how you envision living in your dream home. If I had walked through this house if she hadn't pulled those emotions and those thoughts to the surface, if I walked through this house, we would have gone, no, 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 and walked out. But because she had pulled them to the surface, they were on my mind. I saw everything completely differently because she did the, she forced me, helped me to do that translation. And that's what we need to do, whether it's cars or, I mean, I sold major IT infrastructures. All I did, I'm not technical. The stuff I sold was so technical, but I understood my buyers and I understood how they would get a promotion. I understood that they would get recognition. I understood that they were going to be addressing the CEO's top 10 initiatives with my solution. And I could grow that solution and make it really big. Once I understood what the CEO's initiatives, they would be a hero with the company for what they were bringing to the table and then helping them with an ROI and a cost justification. All of those things I did for them. I did all that work for them to make the buying process easy. And that's possible whether you're selling a car or whether you're selling a house or what else is people in the audience, what else do you guys sell or do? So thank you for doing this, by the way. Um, I have artwork and um, cause for me, it's like, if I can have a new picture, having that new picture is like having a new car. It's like having a new phone because it takes wherever we are and it makes that environment a completely new place, no matter where we're at. Mm-hmm. And so I really like connecting with people on a personal level. Um, 
I went out and I took about 140,000 pictures. So it's like I have pictures for almost every single type of a moment. So it's just like, uh, this is so, so, so interesting because it's, it's um, I'm, I'm figuring out how to do this now without asking questions, but to have them kind of be able to describe a similar vision so that I can connect with them and then get where they're going. Yes, because once you know what they want, if you can get them to describe a perfect fantasy piece of art, you might be able to commission a piece of artwork instead of selling out of your inventory, which should make you more money, right? Good. And how cool would that be to have an original one of a kind? So the, the real sales point there would be they would be an envy of all their friends when they came and saw it. That's the real reason. So you know, I, I even, I'm learning every day to be better at this. I've been out there putting stuff like I put out today. I don't know how many of y'all are here because of it, but I put out stuff like, oh my gosh, you're going to increase sales. You're going to make more money if you learn this, right? But is, that's not really why they buy. It seems logical to me. The other day I did something crazy I put, and it's on my LinkedIn. If y'all want to go look at the LinkedIn, I put it and I, t- I pinned it because it was so impactful. I changed my wording and I put a picture of that Cobra and I said, I paid cash for this car with a, one of many giant commission checks. If you wish you could say that today, you need to buy this book. I sold over 400 books that day. So it wasn't that it increased their sales. It was what they could do after they increased their sales. And so once you kind of figure out what the results are, you got to really ask yourself, is this really the right result? That, that dollar sign, the clock and the toolbox, you'll hear me refer to that as the RTH formula. And that's something that I have trademarked, RTH formula. So we got uh, also in here, we have Christy who sells broccoli and avocados. I'm, I'm totally mocking her at this point in time. And then um, I've got Edna who likes to sell dresses, the really nice ones and fancy dress shops and things like that. Um, and so when you look at now, if you look right now yes. at Christy, you can see the avocado sheets behind her. But uh, also, also in uh, on Facebook, they're answering back with financial services, life insurance, or mm-hmm. you know, building out that. So when you look at that and say, I'm in the job of insurance, or I'm in the job now, I'm going to say. Me, selfishly, I'll say Edna can build a dream with somebody with all of the dresses she has, correct? But if she was going to sit down and say, what is it that you envision for the dress that would then invoke a different neuroscience compared to, let's just look. Does that make sense, Edna? Am I right? Yes, you're totally right. I'm just in a very, you know, um, dark room, so I didn't want to turn on the video but thank you very much for this information um my point that i i feel that i offer the ladies more like an experience that that's what i tell them um i invite them to to experience this um concept for example i like to offer the kind of ethereal kind of ethereal or mystic or magic um dress up for a woman, it feels like dress up never ends. So when they look at the photos that I that I have, well, mainly at the at the past or with the teenagers, they truly enjoy to dress up as princess or a queen, and they really really enjoy it. I mean, talking with my friends, um, 
on the phone, friends that I haven't seen for ages, they feel like they always say, oh, I wish I can go over there to your place and then you can dress me up because I want to have a photo like yours. Like, I mean, like the photos you post when they are experiencing this magical moment. And I always tell them, yes, because if we don't, if we don't live in that kind of fantasy world, uh, we wouldn't have Disneyland. We didn't. We wouldn't have you know Mickey Mouse or that kind of things. We're we're always trying to escape of reality for for fun. Mm -hmm. Yep. We all want that chemical release of serotonin and dopamine. We want that. It's addicting. And so it sounds like what you're doing is exactly what you should do. Like have them bring pictures of dresses that that really are appealing to them so that you don't assume anything. You don't assume that they want something when they don't. True, that, that's correct. Yes, and they, they really like it. When, when we're working on the photo sessions, I can have the mom dress up as a queen and the daughter as a princess, but we're not actually doing a wrong way out of that. Um, they probably are doing more like a, I don't know, the sweet, the sweet 16 photos or something. And they are using those photos, even for a prom. They like those kind of um, something different. They, they, I mean, women are kind of looking for to stand out. Okay. All of the crowd. So, so yeah, does but, Colonel Jaime. He loves dresses and dressing up too. I Thank you. This is totally validating. I mean, I, I was like, okay, at which point I should make it more like down to earth or should I just keep it that way? <laughs> I, I could spend an hour with you strictly on that topic. Um, yeah. But I, there's a couple of things I wanna make sure that I do universally that will still affect you and um, the lady with the broccoli, uh, Christy. <laughs> I, I want, I'm really intrigued with your broccoli. I really wanna hear more about what you do, but we don't have a lot of time today to really get into those details. I do want to tell you that there's two other books being written right, right now. Right. I'm working with a group of investors and insurance salesmen. So there'll be a finance book coming out soon. And then the food service industry is another one that's huge. Um, that's my biggest client actually is um, unfortunately they're the ones that provide all the food for like the stadiums and the suites and stuff like that. So it's a big He's business. actually like a health food coach kind of thing, but she <laughs> mocks me about broccoli all the time because I won't eat it. <laughs> But um, so I also, I'm going to go ahead and like name drop and say, oh, look who I know besides Kimberly, because Glenn Morshower made it in the call. So Glenn, Glenn is here. If you see him on my screen, he's in the middle, but Glenn runs a very large acting school. And if you flip through the gallery view and you see Glenn, you go, that's that guy. Because, I remember Glenn from Ken Wells. Yeah. From Ken's. Yes. Yeah. He does the show with Ken, everyone. Glenn's so muted. Friends muted. Yes. Well, he was saying some bad I stuff. I said so much for a covert entrance. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. Yes. But I text him. I'm like, you want to jump in? Let's go. But so when you look at, you look at, for the example, Glenn is teaching a whole bunch of people that are, are actors, that are experienced actors or are aspiring to be actors. And they're coming to him because he's had such a great run in Hollywood mm -hmm. forever and film and everything. So what would be more of the biznostic way for like, again, how would you help somebody that's in his class to change the way they're talking or doing something? 
Well, it depends on where they are today, right? So you, getting them to tell their story is the first step before you start mouthing off anything. Understanding their story is the recipe on how you sell. Perfect. So if, if somebody wants fame and fortune, you know how to how to go down that road. If it's somebody that wants to get over their fear of speaking in public, you know how to go down that road. But you've got to get them to tell you before and do it without asking questions. It, if you can trigger the visualization, they'll talk forever. Like right now, I know all of you guys are probably visualizing how you can use this. That's exactly the point. But I do want to leave y'all because it's only we've only got 10 minutes left. I do want I promised y'all two things that you will be able to write a better resume and a better cover letter. So I'm going to teach you some tricks right now on what you can start working on today. And then connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Kim Slavic LinkedIn. Um, and I'll give you free coaching. You get the book, you get free coaching from me. There's there's special email addresses in the book that um, that's how I met Joe is is being able he to regrets help. putting those emails, email addresses in that book for, for months now. So, so here, let's start with resumes. Since it's a tough world out there today, let's talk resumes. The first thing I'd ask you to do is print your resume and get a highlighter and go and highlight your results. Because I guarantee you, I've, I've, I've hired hundreds of salespeople in my career. Most of them, and these are salespeople, they should know better. They will talk about what they did. I carried a $4 million quota or, you know, I, I sold so many cars, but that's not the result. I want to know how fast did you sell the RTH, results, timeline, and, and how. So there's a couple things too that we kind of skimmed over. It's in the book and I, I take you through a journey in the book. And again, I'm not trying to sell you the book. I'm trying to explain why I can't tell you everything in 40 minutes that you would get in a workshop. You have three seconds today to make an impact. Y'all notice today, I didn't start out talking about myself at all. Joe did, but I, I don't ever talk about myself until the end. I don't even talk about LinkedIn until the end because you don't care who I am or connecting with me until you see the value I bring. That's why walking up to someone and saying, hey, I'm Mike, is not the right way to approach a person. Sometimes I'll dance, and that, that works, too. Right. White people dancing is kind of funny. I got moves. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about, first we're going to do the resume, and then we're going to do a prospect letter. Resume. If you say what you do, when I got a stack of email, uh, my recruiter would bring me a stack of resumes like this. Do you think I'm looking to hire someone when I'm going through that stack? No. Just like a stack of houses or a bunch of card, cards, people first eliminate. That's part of the buying process that no one talks about. They're getting it <coughs> down to the finalist. So each one is like a few seconds. And I'm looking for things I don't like about the resume. And you've only got seconds. And if I see bullets, I read the first few words. And if I see words like responsible, managed, I'm like, no, because those are all tasks in very weak words. I want to see excelled at, increased, improved, and then I want to see numbers. I improved our revenues by 300% in my first three months in my role. Oh my gosh, I'm going to keep reading. So the timeline's really important. If you hit your quota, how fast did you hit your quota? Are you the one that's going to keep me up at night, biting my nails at midnight, the day before the year's up? 
when you're trying to still hit your quota or are you hitting it the first quarter so that I don't have to worry about you the rest of the, the year? How quickly you accomplish your results is just as important as the results. So when you go through and you highlight your resume, you're gonna find you don't have very many results. And my son, who's 28 years old, he works at Box in Austin, Texas. He had worked at Oracle and he had worked at Tableau prior to that in sales roles. When he went to Box, he decided he didn't like sales at all, which broke mama's heart. And he went into support. And so he was up for promotion. He said he needed help with his resume. And I said, Zach, your resume is full of tasks. There's nothing in here about your results. He goes, mom, I'm not in sales anymore. There's no results. And I said, you said the wrong thing to the wrong person. <laughs> Go back to your client and ask them if they would miss you with you up. Go back to the field rep and ask them how your support has impacted sales. And it was two weeks before my son got back to me. And he was a different person when he called me back. He was so confident and happy. And he said, I, I really thought you were wrong. And I, I'm glad I did what I did because he went back to the customer. The customer told him that their competitors call them every week and say, we will cut your price in half if you'll change to us. And they won't leave because of the support they get from my son. Then he went to the sales rep and the sales rep said, this account, it was IBM, by the way, that he supports. It was $600,000. It's almost 3 million now because they keep growing because of the support you're giving. They just keep getting bigger. And so he had no idea that his support was generating that result. And so we added that to the resume, but you know what? He decided he didn't want the promotion because he liked his job now because he saw the value for the first time of what he was doing. Whereas before it was like a thanks, thankless job. When you go through your resume and you start really focusing in on the results and how quickly you got them, it changes your brain chemistry and makes you feel better about yourself and what you're doing. It's the most powerful exercise you can do in your career. So please do that and send it to me. I'll help you make it better. I have, um, look, Google this. I was going to show you some visuals, but it's so much, it takes too much time to switch and sh you know, share screens. And Kimberly, I know your time is really important, and I understand that. If we need to run a couple minutes past, that's okay, because if not, they can jump off. But okay, you're, you're dropping gold right now, so if I mean, if you look, you can't see anyone's eyes. All of them have their head down writing, <laughs> so it's amazing. Cool. It gets better. So I, I, here's a couple other things that you can do. So let's put the resume thing aside. Um, well, one more thing about the resume. Google um, Maroon. Marissa Meyer at Yahoo resume. Do Yahoo resume Marissa Meyer. And you're going to see a CV formatted resume. Have y'all, does anyone here have a CV formatted resume? Mm -hmm. Okay, they're very visual. They've got little graphics. They'll put your picture on it. Um, I actually, here, you know what? Let me show you. I have this prepared anyway, so let me show you what I, I've worked with a guy today, and I want you to sh I want you to see what's going to change on your resume. This meeting's really about you, not me. And well, it's really more about me. But, of course, you, know, you, it guys, is. you guys are here. Yeah. Hey, it's not. It's saying whiteboard. It's not there saying share my screen. Oh. There, can y'all see my screen? I got whiteboard. Uh, that's not what I wanted. Stop share. It says share screen. 
Yeah, the big green arrow. Okay, Sheriff Green. Let's see. It's a Mac thing. Do y'all see this? We see Zoom started to go. That's what I see. Jaime's trying to say shrink the screen, shrink the screen, or doing Pac-Man. I don't know what it is. But so so guys, while she's pulling this up, this is this is what I want to I want to talk to you guys. So understand the beauty of Kimberly and what she's actually sharing with you. So on the post today, right? I was out there building. Oh, look, there's your stuff, right? I was building out my post for today and I wrote in there, I am always looking for ways to up my sales game. And it says, if you can say that is how you feel right now, then you want to be on the warm war games call today. Right. And as soon as I wrote it and I was like, mm, and I tagged her and I put the stuff in and I was like, ah, uh, and I clicked the button and put it up there. And I was like, yep, I'm going to get a phone call in a minute and say that was close, Joe, but it's not good enough. Right. <laughs> she does this so well, but even herself, she says she has to go back and redo things multiple times so understand that the, the the goddess of this gnostic statements still has to write things a couple times to get to the point of understanding what is there it, it's so true it is so embedded in us to sell incorrectly that it's we've got to deprogram ourselves and that's what this whole visnostic the exercises are so important in the book because it's part of the deprogramming process so this right here on the right is a CV formatted. See the little graphics? And all of the kids today are being taught to do the resumes like this. So if you're over 30 years old and your resume doesn't look like this, it tells everyone that you're over 30 years old. If you want to look hip and cool and trendy, you need to have this kind of format. So go look at, I modeled mine after the um, CEO of Yahoo. Now this is a resume I got today, and I know y'all can't see this, but I, you can just see by how, even how little it is, you can still see it's a traditional resume, right? So here's the process we went through. I had him go through this resume, and I told him, I want you to highlight in green your results. And then anything that might be something that could be converted to a result, highlighted in yellow. Now, I want y'all to see this, because this is what your resume will look like, I promise you. Do you see how the green is on page two at the bottom? Our yeah. brains are conditioned to put our results last. We want to talk about what we did first and then tell people the outcome. And that is you have three seconds. People are spending seconds eliminating you. Those green things need to be bolded and over to the right. Did y'all notice back here at this resume, which I'm sure you can't see, look at the very first thing I have listed here. It's results and specialties. Here, his results are last. So he sent me a text. This is what we ended up creating for him. After we translated his, this is what we started with. This is what we, and we did this in an hour today, you guys. How cool is this? So he, we did it in an hour. He had an interview and listened to this text message that he got. He sent the, or the text message I got. He sent it to the hiring manager and she wrote, Jim, exclamation point. It's amazing with a, with a little icon, um, 
um, Emoji. smiley face. Okay. And he goes, I guess you like the format. She goes, so much, exclamation point. I would feel like I know you after reading it, even if I didn't already, perfection. Because a hiring manager's got a tough job. They're trying to translate all this stuff you say you can do into why they should hire you instead of the other 200 resumes on their desk. And if you put the results up front, you've done the translation for them. You've done the work for them. And they and you've got serotonin and dopamine because now they see the value and they want you on board. They will be begging you to come to work for them if you're LinkedIn. If, you're, if you can get LinkedIn to look like this and to talk like this, recruiters will be reaching out to you. You won't have to be looking for a job. Now, let's get into prospecting. I keep saying you've got three seconds. I'm going to prove that to you. This is a screenshot. I just did this today, so it's fresh. From my LinkedIn, when I pull up messaging on my computer, look at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. So you see the first 12 words. LinkedIn messaging, I get the most sales efforts done to me. There's me. I saw me. I'm at the bottom. So when I look at these, I'm looking at, what are they saying? And when I see I, my name is, I work for, I would like to, I don't read it. I don't care. I didn't ask them to send me something. But if they talk about me saying, you'll increase your business by 20%. I want to read what 20% doing what I'm going to be more inclined to open it up and look at it. So the RTH formula results, timeline, and then the how is critical. Results, 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 and it needs to answer the question, why do I care? Why do I want to open this email instead of the 10,000 emails that I got today? So this is a huge workshop. I spend most of the time when I'm doing translation workshops on this kind of stuff. Look at this guy. I put this guy's example. And again, this came in at nine o'clock this morning, typical. Thanks for connecting. So how many times have you gotten a connection request and you accept and all of a sudden they're already trying to sell you something? It's such a turnoff. That fight or flight has been engaged. So right away, thanks for connecting. I, I, so when you're writing your prospect letter, go and highlight all the times you reference yourself, your company, you. So here we go. I know that with the healthcare crisis, hiring might be not be a priority right now as you can imagine a lot of our clients, who so he's talking about himself, are more focused on their families and exploring ways to manage their teams remotely right now. There's nothing in there about me. He's forcing me to translate that into, oh, yeah, me too. And that's not the right way to do it. That said, some companies, again, not about me, have found it valuable to open up discussions around the upcoming demand for sales talent when things start to improve. My firm has experienced helping companies find excellent sales professionals with SaaS experience doesn't make sense for us to, okay, how many of you guys have taken sales training that says never ask a close-ended question? No, first of all, you know I'm anti-question already, but when you ask a, does it make sense? No, the answer is going to be over 90% no, because they're already annoyed that you made them read all that. And most likely they're going to ignore you and not respond at all. So one of the things the book talks about from a neuroscience perspective, and again, we're out of time, but it, the power of threes is real. You've probably seen the GMC commercial that starts out. 
We know that the power threes, and it's got three vehicles. If you look at men's ads, three pairs of pants, three ties, they will show things in threes. Women have been taught, we think we wanna balance things, but no, when you're decorating, you wanna put things in odd numbers. It's more interesting. Our brain likes odd numbers. Our brains like things in threes. So instead of this last thing saying, does it make sense? No. After you have a visnostics where it's about them and how their life is going to be better and you've painted a vision and all the things the book teaches you about, all the things visnostic teaches you on how to translate all of this into why they care, then at the end you say, if you wish you could say this today, and then give them two dates, give them three options, two dates to meet, and then the third option is, please propose three additional dates if the first two don't work for you. So now instead of a yes or no, now they're going, okay, what day am I going, you're, you're, you're controlling the brain and the thought process. And now instead of a yes or no, now they're thinking, which one am I going to choose? And you're, you're meeting, your response rate's going to go through the roof. Your meetings are going to go through the roof. So count the me's, count the eyes, count the, and then use the, the words that are more about them. So keep yes. track of the we's, keep track of all of the, the stuff that's there. So if somebody sends out a contact request to you, right, and they go, hey, I, I'm interested in X, Y, Z, then you need to write it back to them in the fact of what the benefit to them is going to be, as opposed to this is what my company offers. Exactly. Am I it correctly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And so the one so the one thing I had on there was the 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 three choices that was there because what I liked about in the book you said like so we have a whole bunch of guys on here and I'm I'm picking on the men in particular right and so you're either wearing black pants khaki pants or blue pants so if you're wearing one of those three Jaime's like I don't have pants on totally different but. <laughs> If, if you're, if that's the, one of the three colors you're wearing, put your hand up so we can see you. Okay. Mike's got his hand. I was going to say I wasn't wearing pants too, but you stole that. I know. I know. Right. I shorts. I got shorts. Yes. What color shorts are you wearing? Jaime? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? White. <laughs> Joe, did you have any other questions you wanted to ask me today? Um, when I looked at it, um, the, as far as for visualization, you have the three R's, right? Can we mm -hmm. touch on the three R's? Because I, I don't want to go too long into it because I know you you have time. So part of, yeah, so part of the visualizations is your messaging means nothing if they don't remember it. And so retaining that information is going to be important. In, in that section, the three R's, I talk about memorization courses that I took because I had a hard time remembering people's names. And they taught me, this was back in the 80s, they taught me to envision a filing cabinet. And so I'd have one cabinet full of all the Joes that I know. So when I met Joe, I would file him with, and, and envision all those other Joes that I know and put him in that group. And the same thing with Jamie and Tyler and Timmy and Edward. I would make these folders and put you in with all these other, and that's how I would remember your name. And I was supposed to fixate on something about your face that is memorable to me so that I remember that and those two things connect. So even back in the 80s, they were teaching 
retention and memory and all of that is, is connected to visualizations. Then I still had a trouble remembering names because then I wouldn't remember what filing cabinet I put people in. And so I went back and took another memorization course. And this one was supposed to help you be able to speak without note cards. And I was doing a lot of speaking at the time and I used a lot of note cards. And so they taught you that when you're in the venue to look at the door and the window and the clock and the outlets and the chairs and, and scan it. And that is your outline. Like each thing was supposed to be a topic. And the same thing with grocery lists. You imagine bananas on your feet and apples on your knees and you know, like all the foods on your grocery list on your body. And you can actually go grocery shopping without a list as long as it's not like your 50 items, you know, 20 or 30 items. You can do that by, by envisioning these things stuck to your body. So all of these things are incorporated in the book. The book is written using all of this, the three R's so that you will remember the data and you will be able to repeat it. That's one of the R's and you'll be able to execute it. And I mean, how many times have you read a book and as soon as you close it, you forgot it all. Mostly it's because the books are full of words and you don't remember words. Just like we did the money exercise. I didn't even make the major point on the money exercise. <laughs> oh my gosh. True. The biggie on the money exercise, nobody. And I've done this tens of thousands of times at this point, nobody says they saw the letters M O N E Y ever. And a bullet point. So, a bullet point with the word money, right? Your slide doesn't mean anything when it's just words. Yeah, it's, you wouldn't remember RTH, but you should remember the dollar sign, the green dollar sign, the red clock, and the toolbox. This should be burned into your brain after today. definitely is so all right if anybody has a specific question for kimberly because i want to be respectful of her time i know she's got a lot of stuff going on and you guys can see the value of what it is she just shared with you and how it pardon the way i'm going to say it but it's counterintuitive to what we have been actually trained and it takes a thought process before you act but it's going to get you the better results for for the coaches that are out there doing training and they're like, okay, I want to I wanna go out there. Are you starting with your green dollar sign first when you go out there to talk to a client? When you sit down with them, are you using it where it's their success instead of, right? Because we're typically saying, oh, you know what? My clients get this or this is what we say, as opposed to saying that they can get this result so that it's personal to them instead of us doing, well, let me tell you why you want to listen to me. And so that's what I look at the most and go, we're so busy prom promoting ourselves in the beginning, right? The, the, the really large account that I got, I threw up a biznostic statement up on the front that said, um, we are great at handling all of our phone and internet leads right now. I said, we're great at handling all that. Now, do you wish you could say that? Can you say that you actually do? right? Or it doesn't apply. And I have 25 people around a conference table. The CEO is sitting at the end of the table and he looks up and he's like, the reason you're standing here is because we wish we could say that. We so wish we could say there wasn't anybody at that table that's going to tell the CEO, no, you're wrong. Let's start over. But at that point, everybody's head was like, I wish we could. I wish we could. 
I would so want that to be our as is situation. And how do we get there? But now I wasn't, I didn't start with the slide that says, let me brag about Joe for the next 15 minutes where they're all like, we don't care. I already got the meeting, right? But that's when, I mean, everybody's, the light bulb went on on everybody and they were all open now to actually hearing what we could do. And everything was about their benefit, their benefit, their benefit, their benefit, right? Throw out the, the green dollar sign, the red clock and the, the red toolbox, but. I want to I want to leave y'all with a, a really powerful story. This is a my favorite my personal favorite reader success story. So this this guy reached out to me through the book, and he had he was going to be the sixth salesperson to go present to AT and T, and this was a fourteen million dollar opportunity. The other salespeople didn't get past the first meeting, and he told me that after reading the book, he went back and looked at his slide presentation. The first slides are about their you know, their year over year growth, their board of directors, you know, all of their development, the R&D, all this technical stuff that nobody cares. No one's going to buy because of that. I promise you they don't. That is a company's ego flaring up to put those slides at the beginning to talk about yourself. And that's when you, when you don't get the chemistry and the brain going from the very first few seconds, it's almost impossible to reverse that chemistry. When that fight or flight gets triggered, it's almost impossible to get those walls down. They might come down a little bit, but you, you want to avoid them going up at all. So we went through, he gave me the presentation. He presented to me and I said, all of these slides, you know, you want to be a good corporate citizen, put them in the back. But we Googled the CEO. We put a picture of him in the middle of the slide. We created our own slide. We translated all the features and functions into why the client would care and we created these bubbles around this guy's head saying, you know, I'm going to, my stock has gone up 20% because we've exceeded revenue numbers. You know, those kind of statements, like they're saying it in the first person. And I said, I know it's going to feel unnatural and it's scary. Start with the slide, one slide and watch, because the CEO was going to be in the meeting. The CEO was in the back of the room when this happened and he was on his device and when this guy put the first slide up, everyone was kind of like, oh, you know, like laughing and kind of giggling. The, the CEO looked up and he, he was kind of shocked. And then he smiled and he walked to the front of the room so he could read them better. And then he started presenting to his team on why all these bullets, all of these, they're called visnostic statements when it's written in the first person and it's an affirmation. He was going over and he was explaining to him why these are important and he talked for 45 minutes. The guy never got to present. He never got off the slide. And so the guy, the, the sales guy goes, I want to be respectful of your time. We're, you know, we only have 15 minutes late. Do you want me to go in the presentation? He goes, can I assume you can do all this stuff? That's why it's on here. And he goes, yes, sir. And he goes, I'm moving forward with you. We're moving forward with you. He closed that $14 million deal on his first meeting with one slide, didn't touch any of the others. So this works when you get into their head and you start talking their language. And this is what Joe is talking. This right here, the translation from your features and functions into why they care is the translation from vendor speak to client speak. And that is what's going to change your life and your income drastically. And it can be overnight. The faster you do this, the faster you're going to see it work.
this this sales guy did, wasn't even out of the parking lot of AT&T when he called me. He was giddy like a schoolgirl. He was giggling. He was, he goes, you're right, Kim. It was like a magic trick watching it happen. So, and I uh, wish this Ed, were all Edna of them. a question in there. It says, of your five books, which one do you suggest they reach out or they, they go get? So I, I know that David already bought one on Facebook. He already jumped in and said, bought a book. And that was in the first five minutes. So you were wonderful in the first five minutes. Biznostic Sales and Marketing, half of this book is reader success stories, including the one I just told you. And it's more exciting. And I've got a chapter in here on cars. I've got a chapter in here on real estate. It's the fundamentals. But this is my favorite book, personally. Perfect. Okay. So um, what I want to do is I want to say thank you to Kimberly. Can you guys all see why this is a $15,000 talk that got crammed into, into an hour? Okay. Thank so you I, very much. You, you do what? Reach out to her on LinkedIn. That's the one she has the most control over to get back and forth. Um, and that's her professional side. So I would say jump on LinkedIn, send her the request. I know Christy wants to talk to her about, you know, broccoli intake and things like that. I want to talk about it too. Yeah, she said <laughs> neuroscience, you know, no, but I know she meant I broccoli. I want to talk to you about neuroscience. <laughs> yeah. So, but what I what I want to do right now is I want to be respectful because I adore Kimberly and I love everything that she put out and I'm so grateful that she came out to share this with everybody and I think you guys can all take this and walk away with something that you could sell today. Thanks for choosing to spend your time with us here at the Sales Genius Podcast. If your company is looking to increase sales or is having an event that would benefit from one of the Sales Genius team members attending, please look us up on the web at salesgenius.live, salesgenius.live. Don't forget to like this episode, subscribe to the channel, and share it out to the world. Until next time, remember more deals, more money, more happy. Now go out there and close a deal.